On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. Mike. You're listening to Tall Can Audio. I have something to say to you! Here's your host. The issue here, sir, is that everyone fucking hates you. Matt Robinson. What's happening, everybody? Welcome inside episode 961 of the Tall Can Audio Podcast. As the good woman said, my name is Matt Robinson, coming to you from our studio in beautiful Bytown, Canada. We're on Twitter and Instagram if you want to give us a follow at Tall Can Audio. I hope you'll hit subscribe or follow there on your podcast app. A new face in the studio today, or for the rest of you people, it's a new voice. Uh, happy to be welcoming to the show today from... Uh, Oh, from all over the place, but we'll start with from She's Got Game right now on the TSN Radio Network. Vanessa Sanchez is here. How's it going? I'm very good, Matt. How are you? I'm I'm doing all right. I'm glad we were able to uh, to get this done. We gave it a shot a week ago, but uh, but something came up. But uh, yeah, we've been able to get you in, and happy you're here. Thank you. The the vid got me. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. De- did a lot of negative tests, but it's funny, I'm, eh? I'm like, sure yeah, lots of people. I have a friend of mine who everyone in their house had tested positive, except her. She had all the same symptoms as them and just repeatedly tested negative. And yeah. she's like, it's not negative. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. My body's telling me something's positive. Right. Yeah. And yeah. just looking around my house, it's here. The yeah. beast is here. Um, how are you? I'm good. I, I have almost fully recovered, I think. Uh, I was in pretty rough shape. It's it's not a fun thing to have. I'll tell you that for no. free. No, it was not fun. Um also, it's the first time I've really been sick since I've been like living on my own. Usually I get a lot of sympathy from my mother <laughs> and my father. <laughs> and it was just Sunday was like my worst day. And I was just walking around my apartment going, uh, someone take care of somebody. Me. And nobody was there to even just be like, oh, are you not feeling well? Right. Like, I just need validation. Sure. But no, it was not getting any not of happening, that. Eh? No, no, it was a pretty rough weekend <laughs> for me. My mom did bring me a lot of groceries. Very good That's Italian nice mother her, yeah. brought me a big bag of soup and all the good stuff. So sure. I was well fed at least. Is, were you, as a kid, did your mom do the, the, the ginger ale thing? That's like the fix all? The ginger ale, yeah. But like always, she always unstirred it so there were no bubbles. Yeah, it had to be yeah. flat ginger flat. ale. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know who decided that was medicine or whatever, but it seems to be a thing for kids of our generation that for grew up. Kids, and even still at 32 years old, I'll try it sometimes. Yeah? I'll be like, maybe. No, no, it No, because as a kid, you're just like, oh, if mom says this is going to yeah. help, I guess I'll have ginger ale. 
<laughs> I'll try anything. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you're not uh, you're not partaking in the uh, the craft beer thing, but you have brought something to the table. Why I don't you tell uh, let the good people in on on uh, your drink of choice? Uh, my drink of choice is my signature drink. So as I was telling you before, I do have a very odd medical thing uh, mm-hmm. where I can't burp. It's right. a very weird problem to have. It's a very it's I don't know. It's Most people who come thing. in here have the opposite problem. <laughs> <laughs> There will be no escaped burps in this podcast, I promise. Um, So I can't drink bubbles because they hurt my tummy. Sure. Uh, So I have gone with my signature drink tonight, an amaretto sour. Anyone who knows me knows that this is like my go-to. It's a treat. It's like dessert in a glass or in this case, a mason jar. (laughs) I made it myself. I actually like in preparation for tonight. I last night was just like up to my elbows in lemons and limes, just squeezing them fresh so I could have a very fresh amaretto sour wow. tonight. Oh, yeah. That's when more I- prep than most guests do to come <laughs> on the show. Most of them actually just come in and go to my fridge. <laughs> what do we got in here today? No, I came prepared. Yeah. I was going to make you one too, and then I thought I won't do that to you. That's, yeah. You know what? I've been trying a lot of things on the show here over the last little bit. That yes, really... I heard you trying. What was the thing you were trying with Bob the other day? It was like a. We had the Bobby banana. Margarita. Before that, we had the banana infused bourbon. That. That did not that serve Matt at all. Awful. That was not a thing that Matt wants to do again. <laughs> But for the good listener, you give it a try. There right? you go. So, Very nice of you. Uh, I have brought, uh, this is an old favorite of mine, actually, and uh, from the first brewery that ever sort of acknowledged our show's existence was uh, the Nita Beer Company. Uh, Andy Nita's on this show at least once a year, and it's usually right around uh, Advent calendar time as, yes. as they put together a, a, an Advent calendar, 24 different beers. But this is one that uh, he came out with a little bit later on as a tribute to his father. It's called Hans and Dihosen which I guess loosely translates to Hans in the house. And uh, so, yeah, it's just a straight up lager. And that's just sort of what I was feeling tonight. And I s- sit back, have a lager too. And it sort of felt like we were getting towards lager season. And then it snowed today and sort of set the whole world back. But uh, that's what we're going to roll with here. Okay. Oh, I love that sound. Mm-hmm. I wish I could drink beer. It sounds like just snappy good times ahead yeah. is what that, that noise typically <laughs> means can i ask what is lager season is that a thing no okay. it's just uh, okay. honestly uh, a lager is just sort of a, a much lighter kind of straight up it doesn't have a ton of like overpowering flavor of any kind like it's not like an ipa which can be kind of piney or hoppy stouts are very dark and sometimes can come on pretty strong a lager is like just that straight normal you know, Molson Canadian, Budweiser, straight golden beer that during the summer when it's very hot, these can be very refreshing, right? You just sit back, put a couple of them away, ice cold, mm-hmm. and uh, they treat you nicely. So that's all I meant by lager season was it was it's it had seemed to be warming up until the snow flew today. We were so close. We Honestly. were almost there. Yeah. Tell the people where they can follow you on social media because I, I, I like your... I like your handle. My Twitter handle. Yes. So I'm only on Twitter. I don't have any other social medias. Right. Um, social medias. That's not how that works. Anyway, sure. Um, but I am on Twitter at Vanzan3000. Enjoy that very much. Thank you very much. Yeah. Those who know, know. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, you've been hosting over the last little while while, uh, while Robin has... See, I already have the opposite of your uh, your medical condition. <laughs> we may edit that out. Uh, you've been hosting over the last little while while Robin Flynn is on vacation. You've been sitting in and doing uh, She's Got Game on the TSN radio network every weekend with uh, our mutual friend, Michaela. What's that been like? Oh, it's been so much fun. I'm, uh, I-, I was a big fan. I, I loved listening to it. And um, I got the call. We knew, obviously, Robin was 
pregnant um, and was going to have a baby. Um, but it, it there are happened, often signs. Anyway. Right. <laughs> There's sometimes a visual too, <laughs> right. um, but we, uh, I, I, you know, she she thought maybe she was going to keep doing it while uh, while she was on maternity leave, and and then I got the call maybe about a week in advance mm. asking if if I would fill in for her uh, for the year. So I very gladly accepted, but also like I felt like I couldn't say no to Shrides because sure. it's Shrides. Not here. I'm like it's president. <laughs> on this show, it's Screeds. <laughs> I'm president of the Michaela Schreider fan club. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, you can join if you'd like. It, uh, so far, it's just me and her husband, Josh. I was going to say, how and, many members yeah. can possibly be? And jo- Josh much, seems like a part-time Josh member, Josh is honest. sometimes, and also her dog. Just one of her dogs. Okay. Pumper, for sure. Coma is out. She's not interested <laughs> at all. So you're just looking to pump the numbers here. Exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. So well, I'll think about it. Um, but yeah, she like I couldn't say no to her. She's a blast. Her and I spend most of our professional working days together. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, we hang out on the side. And so... Getting to hang out with her every Thursday night is just another another added little fun time, she and I. So, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. It's not anything like I expected, um, but, yeah, it's a blast. So let me ask you a question. As we, mm-hmm. We're going to bounce around here a little bit. You oh, know how the show works. I sure right? do. So um, are you a superstitious sports fan? Like, do you have, like, a seat or I have to wear a, a jersey or, you know, anything like that that, that – you know, you're kind of married to in terms of how this is going to go if I'm going to sit down to a sporting event? Like, it's a little too much. Um, I wanted to do like the Michael Scott joke. I'm not superstitious. I'm a little I'm a stitious, little stitious. But I am it's a great the joke. most. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm the most superstitious. Right. It usually, um, when I'm watching football specifically, I'm a New York Jets fan, which is possibly oh, the worst thing I've ever, that's... decision I've ever made in my life. Um, but when I watch a Jets game, I have to sit on um, the left couch in my parents' <laughs> living room at the, the far corner. Okay, yeah. Um, I also eat Tums in a certain order because I get really bad heartburn only when I'm watching Yeah, Jets the Jets games. will do that to They you. sure will. <laughs> well, yeah. What do you mean by in a certain order? Like color-wise. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Um, hey, you asked the question. I did. This is a little more than I expected, <laughs> but wow. You're going to learn a lot about me tonight, Matt. Okay. Um, so yeah, so there are, though. that's one that is just like enduring any season, any time of the season, that's what's happening. Right. Um, there are other things like if I find myself sitting in a certain spot when I'm watching like, ugh, when I was watching the Habs um, playoff run last year. Boom. I'm so sorry. Yeah. 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 Uh, actually, I'm not even sorry. Uh, when I was watching that, I was in a certain spot, again, in my parents' family room on the couch. And so I had to sit there for the whole thing. And it's it's mostly sitting. So you are a Habs fan? <laughs> At least for that playoff run, anyway. I'm, I've been raised in a Habs household. Okay. All As right. a child, my dad was very, he let us pick whatever we wanted. Yeah. My brothers never. They just went with what my dad wanted, but I was, you know, independent. That's why I took the Jets over the Steelers. He's a Steelers fan. Oh my god! <laughs> the 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 fun you could have had, the championships you could have cheered on. <laughs> it's been a rough life. Yeah, for me. yeah. Well, um, all this just to rebel. But but yeah. at the age of five, I read a biography on Mario Lemieux, mm. and there is a picture of him in this bi- biography 
and he was driving a car and he looked really cool and I said that's the guy okay that is my favorite all hockey right. player of all time and so I've been a Pens fan by choice right since the age of five that's forgivable so I've had I've had some Stanley Cups I've had some wins some championships that I can really right. be happy about um, to make up for the lack of <laughs> New, York Jets <laughs> New York Jets <laughs> Oh. The Brett Favre days and the, oh. oh my god, um, yeah, the old Sanchez days. The others, yeah, okay. That was actually the best time. Yeah, I'm sure of my entire fandom. There were like three solid years, right? That Mark Sanchez was doing doing, doing the it. thing. It was yeah. good. It was good. We went to the AFC Championship it's one true. year. Yeah, thank you. Um, the reason I bring up the superstitions, <laughs> last night. And I promise we're not going to go deep on baseball because <laughs> I know it's not your thing. But last night, I'm I'm flipping between the Jays and the Leafs. And as I leave the uh, the Jays game, and I, I spent kind of, I hadn't flipped back for a while. I was staying on the Leaf game. The Jays end up with the lead, two to one. And I watch to the end of the Leaf game. And as I come back, the Jays blow the lead, goes two to two. Two and then Boston jumps out and ends up up five to two, and I'm like, "Well, <laughs> screw these guys!" <laughs> and I came into the studio to, you know, I don't need to see the rest of that. I can come in here and finish some work. And while I'm in here, the Jays come back and tie it up in the bottom of the ninth. Am I allowed in that situation? <laughs> because the Jays have done well twice now without me. No being a part of it. Can I come back and watch that game and, and jump back on the bandwagon? I'm sorry, no. Okay. No, you're done. I had this horrible feeling as I sat down to watch the extra <laughs> innings anyway. They're like, I'm probably about to blow this for them, but yeah. I, I've missed all the good stuff. I've seen only bad, and uh, I did sit down and I, I watched it. The Jays did win. Okay. But I felt guilty doing it. No, like, you sh- should have. That yeah, was the right feeling. This is selfish a little bit, <laughs> but they're winning without me, and you keep coming back and ruining it for everybody. Yes, yes. No, that is completely fair. Right. You, you, if they would have lost, th- it's on me. that would have been on you. It's on me. 100%. Okay. Yeah. Because I also have a certain seat that I have to Do you? Yeah, what are your in. superstitions? Well, th- th- those are the main ones. It's There's a place I like to, to sit, and um, and yeah, that I do have this feeling, and I'm supposed to be old enough not to believe in this shit anymore, but there are there is a certain amount of... Every time you leave the room, they score. You can't go back. Right? Like you have to like, I do wear that a little bit yeah. and I know it's ridiculous, but it kept happening just in that one game last night where <laughs> if I was there, it was going poorly. If I left, it would go well. And yet selfishly, I was like, no, screw it. I'm watching extra innings. And <laughs> good for you. Yeah. yeah. I, I just took it over and <laughs> and they powered through this Jays team is so there good that, go. uh, that maybe they, maybe I can't hurt them. Yeah. <laughs> This Leaf team, we'll see. Oh, yeah. I might be able to hurt them. Um, did you check out the, uh, I don't know if people, if this is your thing or if other people, if I've mentioned it on the show or not, on Audible right now, there's a five-part um, like documentary, audio documentary on Sidney Crosby's rookie year with the Penguins. And they interview all kinds of uh, players that had been brought into the team to kind of help ease him in. And they go into... If you remember, they drafted him coming out of the lockout there, mm-hmm. and so there wasn't a normal whatever. It's a really interesting. Uh, I think it's like five forty-five minute episodes kind of thing, and he's involved and interviewed as well. Um, just kind of going behind the scenes of his first year. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I haven't listened to it. It's downloaded, but I, I haven't had a chance to listen to it just yet. But I think it is really interesting. When I heard the ads, I thought like, "There's no way 
Sidney Crosby is going to be involved in this himself. Yeah. Like this is probably about him because he's not. He I just mean, doesn't do he that. He doesn't do that. Right. He's like a famously very private guy, yep. and and so I was very surprised to hear that he it like it's his voice in there, yep. and, and it's very apparently very well researched, and and a lot of yeah, a lot of well worth supporting. The, the supporting characters are in there too. Did you feel like the penguins? And I'm not calling you a bandwagon jumper. You've you've come out and said you got on it early and you stayed there. That's fine. There were some rough years in there. Yeah. Did you feel like it got a little crowded though when he showed up? Because I think it was interesting, and I, I can say this as a you know from a Leaf perspective, the Leafs were so bad for a decade there, right after the lockout, that there was an entire generation of kids that were also coming up with like I don't have to sit and watch this debacle every. Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday <laughs> night, the internet and NHL center ice, whatever, allows me mm-hmm. to be an Ovechkin fan exactly. or to be a Crosby fan or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there are huge amounts of people at the ACC in Penguins jerseys when they come in or in Capitals jerseys, in Blackhawks jerseys when they come in because the Leafs were so bad and all, the, all these kids grew up going like, screw it, I'm just going to cheer for these superstars. I The Penguins got maybe bigger than they'd ever been when Crosby showed up. Oh, absolutely. They they definitely did. Um I don't I never felt like it was crowded. Maybe I was just like too too young to to feel it and not that I was that young. I was like 15, 16. Sure. Um but but I definitely saw an increase in, you know, I remember going to um to the Sensplex one day. They were having a practice there and it was just like a, a spur of the moment practice. This was maybe a few years after, uh, maybe like I was in my early twenties. He would have been in his early twenties. Sure. Um, and the amount of people that were packed into like the smallest back rink right. at the Sensplex just to see Sidney Crosby, just to see the pen- and all wearing their Penguins gear, and yeah. like it was a big, big deal. So I think, yeah, don't you think part of it, or maybe for me, it was anyway, like. I, I, it was clear he was good from the second he came in and you'd been hearing about him for years and years and years. And I, I think I was cheering for them both times that they played the Red Wings in 08 and 09 in the mm-hmm. cup finals. But after the, the golden goal in 2010 in Vancouver, it was like, mm-hmm. all right, Pittsburgh's now my favorite sec, my second favorite team, right? Really? Like when my team is, yeah, like that did it for me. Like I got into the Penguins a bit because my team was constantly missing the playoffs anyway. And I liked the Hawks and I liked, uh. I like the Penguins and, mm-hmm. you know, with everything we've learned here over the last year to 18 months about the Blackhawks, that faded away fairly quickly, but it was, it, I don't know, there was just something like, because he was clearly the best in the league and he was this Canadian kid and he'd done the thing for us at the Olympics and you're like, all right, I, I'd like to see Sid get this done again and, and do well. Like to me, that was sort of the time that I think a lot of people kind of jumped on the Pittsburgh as your second favorite team kind of bandwagon. Yeah. I mean, I'll accept you all gladly. <laughs> you're, you're very welcome to join the bandwagon. It's big enough for everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I think you're right. It's, it's interesting to hear you say that, though, because I think a lot of people were like, oh, okay, he, he, he has a gold medal and a Stanley Cup and he can stop now. Some people went Some the people, other way yeah, on it. Yeah. yeah. Some people are just like, I'm over the hype. Too much success. Exactly. Now. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I didn't feel that. Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> As a Leaf guy, I'm not used to... Judging too much success. I don't know what that <laughs> looks like in my backyard. So uh, I had to, uh, I was doing a little research on you. Uh-oh. Um, oh, no. Before we got going here. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, 
like uh, this has been something that I've missed quite a bit over the last couple of years with the uh, the pandemic and everything that's been going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big live music guy. Love oh, yes. a good concert, right? And uh, Blues Fest is going to be back in in swing this year. Rage Against the Machines coming. That's right in my wheelhouse. Uh, there's a couple bands that are going to play down in Toronto outdoors that I'm interested in checking out. I'm curious. Have you ever attended a Michael Bolton concert? <laughs> How did you know? I do my research. <laughs> I I have sources. That I, uh, I, I've checked out the sources who, of course, I will protect their identity and <laughs> shall remain nameless. I'm going to kill your sources. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I have attended one or two or maybe I think I'm up to six Michael Bolton. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> I didn't do enough research. Yeah. I didn't know that. I, I, it's not even ironically, like I love that man, everything about him. He doesn't have the hair anymore, but I love no. the hair. Yes. The voice, the whole person, the music, everything. Right. Everything. I love him. Okay. Um, I'll tell you the most recent time I saw him was the most fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, it was at uh, Centerpoint Theater here in Ottawa. That's almost sad. It was. <laughs> it was. Um, I went with my mom. And of course you did. She who else was going to go with you? No one else wanted to come, and including my mother. Okay. She said, I'll drive you there and drop you off. And I said, no, you have to come in with me, please. This is embarrassing. Um, I was the only person in that room with like my own knees. Right. Um, and I don't know what came over me. I wasn't even drinking. Like I was just so caught up in everything. All about- things Michael Bolton. <laughs> About halfway through the show, mm-hmm. um, he always does this thing at his concerts where he he disappears off the stage and then he comes in through like a door in the crowd somewhere and he in walks the through the crowd theater. in the center point theater. <laughs> yeah. He comes down the aisle. Mm-hmm. Um, all three hundred of us are just losing <laughs> our minds, and I I was just like so caught up. So he like walks down and and he's he's like you know five people away from me. So he walks up back onto the stage and he's singing. And I, 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 again, don't know what came over me. I rushed the stage. I know you did. And then, <laughs> <laughs> but then I realized that nobody else Nobody was else the was rushing the stage at 70-year-old Michael Bolton. <laughs> I ran for it. Nobody else did. And then I think he was just shocked to see someone who was like a natural brunette. Yes, yeah, someone um, <laughs> who's, like you said, still has their natural hair yeah. color, someone who's still capable of rushing I mean, anything. Exactly. <laughs> I didn't bring my cane down no. with me. Um, and so he was like fascinated by that. So he let me like sing with him. He would sing a line. and What was the I song? What like, were you singing with him? Oh, like a whole bunch. We did Time, Love, and Tenderness. We did When a Man Loves a Woman. We did Steel Bars, my favorite song, Steel Bars. That's actually my favorite Michael Bolton song. Steel Bars? Yeah. I can't believe I just admitted that on this podcast. Uh, go back to your rage against the machine. Yeah, I know, sure. honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a big yeah. rage guy. Yeah, That's, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We could tell. Yeah. Um, so then. So how you, what, you, it sounds like you performed the second half of the concert with Basically. Him. Nobody, oh everybody else was asleep by that point. It was just you and I. I think my mom was on her phone. And then after, so the show ends, he goes back and I go back to my mom and I'm like, oh my God, that was incredible, whatever. And then we're leaving and I was like, I should go to the back door and say hello to him. Sure. And she was like, okay, fine sure whatever and so I did and I got to meet him 
I talked to him for like 20 minutes. Did he ask you to finish out the tour with him? He, or? <laughs> he told me that the next spot he was going to was Schenectady, New York. And I said, <laughs> I said, oh, it's beautiful there. I've never been. <laughs> I mean, you hear nothing about or nothing, nothing but good things about Schenectady, New York. It's beautiful this time of year. <laughs> And then um, playing a high school gymnasium <laughs> at two o'clock on a Sunday afternoon, right after church, let's say, but matinee. just before the early bird. <laughs> oh my gosh! And and I got a picture, and it was the greatest day of my life. Uh huh. Uh huh. March twenty fourth, two thousand eleven. I believe it was. Yeah. Oh my god! This story is even better than I was promised it would be by my by my source. By your source. <laughs> I, my source suggested <laughs> that there may be a story about you rushing the stage yeah. for Michael Bolton. Yeah. My source neglected to mention you finished <laughs> out the concert, performed the encore with them. <laughs> and then hung out backstage. Yeah. No, yeah. that part did not come up. Yeah. No, it was a great time. I can't believe that wasn't your big break. Like, isn't that how Avril made it? Like, <laughs> did, like finished out half a show with Shania <laughs> or something and... I can't believe this didn't pan was, out for uh, you. Courtney Cox to the old yeah, dance that's with right. Springsteen. Yeah, that was awesome too. That was okay. great. Yeah, I can't believe this didn't work out for you. <laughs> the Center Point Theater with Michael Bolton didn't launch your <laughs> career. Oh, I love that man. Thank you, Source. Yes, this is source. everything that uh, I hoped it would be. <laughs> you know, what? actually, thank you, Source, because I do love telling that story. No doubt. Okay, <laughs> Michael Bolton. Michael Bolton. Awesome. I do remember. And this was before he did the before Lonely Island stuff. Yes. Uh, the, the Lonely Island movie video, right? Or whatever you'd want, like where he's a a cinephile. Like the, yes. Yeah, that's hilarious. The it's yes. so good. That's such a funny. It's so good. And it's good because he's obviously willing to poke fun at himself a little yeah. bit, right? And a lot of. A lot of guys aren't, but uh, exactly. holy crap, that was... Oh, that was good. And then he also made an appearance in Popstar Never Stop, Never Stopping, I, the Lonely I Island movie. Is. Oh, oh, okay. It's, uh, it's not great, no. but you should watch it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I do love myself some Lonely Island. It, there you go. I did not know they had a, a movie. Oh my God, it's so... Again, oh, bad. so bad, but okay. so good. All right. <laughs> yeah. Popstar Never Stop, Never Stopping. Okay. I'm going to check that out. If you can remember that name. I'm sure Lonely Island movie yeah, and the search engine will help pull that down. Yeah. Um, I don't know where to go from Michael Bolton. <laughs> I honestly should have saved that question until the end of the show, if Truly. I'm being real, right? Truly. Like, yeah. that's how that should have gone. You can edit it in post. Just put that at the that end. That seems like a lot of work. I probably yeah. <laughs> The reason that we do the show that we do is because it doesn't have a lot of production value. <laughs> it's just sit down, have a drink, and chat. Uh, I don't really want to have to work on no. it at the end. <laughs> Um, I wanted to ask you about uh, today we saw, or I guess the, the, the reports were coming out and people were talking about it today, but it was Tuesday night where Connor McDavid mm-hmm. set a career high with 122 points. And I, maybe this sounds kind of weird. I'm surprised his career high is that low. Uh, it just seemed like last year, especially now last year was only 56 games, but last year it just seemed like he was scoring all the goddamn time. Yeah. Um, but we're not hearing a ton about him in the MVP race. It seems to be coming down to Austin Matthews and Igor Shestyurkin, um, Jonathan Huberdeau down in Florida. We're hearing a little bit about Roman Yossi. But there hasn't been a ton of talk about Connor McDavid, despite the fact that by all statistical measures, 
this is the best he's ever been. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if we're just bored. Like, is do we just have a shitty short attention span, both as a fan, you know, sports fans and media that are just like, yeah, okay, seen it, moving on to something else? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, is is there something less spectacular about him doing it this year than the way he's done it in other years? I think there's two reasons, two main reasons, probably. One of them, as much as people like to pretend it doesn't exist, is the East Coast bias. Yeah, I think that's a huge thing. Um, and it's late. Know, if he's, it's, it's so I get late. tired. <laughs> uh, he's, you know, if he's playing in Boston, if he's playing in New York, if he's playing in, he was in Pittsburgh this Sutton. week. One of those rare McDavid versus Crosby. Uh, oh, and that's where he did it. That's yeah, where yeah. he he set this record high or this career high. Um, like even if he's playing in like Sunrise, Florida, like we're hearing about him a lot more than if he's playing in Edmonton because yeah. of that East Coast bias. True. If he's playing in Toronto, we are seeing him on we'll the twenty dollar bill. Yes. Every single day, like that's yeah. <laughs> he soon would enough, be, we would be, yeah. It's no, happening. Probably okay, not. Okay. Probably not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Guy can dream. But I, I think I think a lot of it is East Coast bias for sure. Yeah. But then, like you said, I think we do have this like Oilers fatigue because. Yeah. How many years have we seen him be amazing? Uh, him and Drysaddle together are like this like power duo, and they have these ama- amazing regular seasons, but they don't show up when it matters in the postseason. Yeah, and I'm and familiar think- with the phenomenon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Bring that up. Uh, yeah. I hit a nerve. Um, <laughs> but like, I think people are just tired of of putting so much stock in him, and then seeing nothing when it's good when it gets good you know i think a part of it too is like this year we've heard a lot more and still maybe unfairly not enough i I don't know but we've heard more about dry sidle because he's scoring all the goals Mm -hmm. right he was right there for the longest time neck and neck with matthews uh in the rocket richard lead and i am one of those guys who who thinks you know goal scoring is harder than getting an assist for sure but if you're putting up three times as many assists as everyone else, that is worth something still. But Drysaddle seemed to even be overshadowing McDavid a little bit this year, and it just makes me kind of go, yeah, I wonder if we're just... We get it. You're good, yeah. right? Like, I, I, I don't know. There is something that made it seem like... We talked about McDavid a ton last year, um, and he did get over 100 points in 56 games, which was incredible, but... I don't know. It just seems like this is the quietest or the least we've ever heard in Connor McDavid's entire career about him. And I was surprised to like, I wasn't at all surprised to hear he'd put up 120 points. I was just sort of surprised to hear it was a career high. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we haven't talked almost anything about that pace over the course of the season. I also think we haven't really seen a lot of flashy goals from him this year. That's a huge That's part a of it huge too. Yeah. Thing. Like I remember last year, also last season was such an odd season. Yeah. I think it was having that north division was really huge for them. Yep. We saw it was it was condensed, it was so much more intense and it was it was a fun division to watch. So I think, you know, it's it's almost an unfair comparison from this year to last yeah. year, but but it, like we have to, we have to compare it. Um but there were also like, you know, he would go through like, you know, five guys all by himself from his net to the other and Yep. And score these amazing, flashy, crazy well, goals. That one two years ago against the Rangers, um, where he beats like three or four guys on his own. There's the one where he yeah. just destroys Morgan Riley, and um, that one's trust me on Sports <laughs> Center for several months afterwards. Um, 
yeah, it just, it seems like he's just sort of, and maybe not dissimilar to Toronto in the fact that, yeah, okay, we get it. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to have to show it in the playoffs, though, or I don't care anymore. It's sort of the vibe I might be getting out of this. That's what I'm getting, too. Like, yeah. I just, I... I like watching him and I think he is an entertaining player for sure. And I think he will go down as one of the best, Yeah. but just, you, you got to do something when it matters. And that's just, even if he just wins one playoff series, he doesn't need to win the Stanley cup. Just right. win a playoff series, man. Right. He's never even done that. They got swept by the Jets last year. They did year. once. Remember they, they played the ducks, I think in his so second like, year, yes, they did get to the second round. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That went to a game seven, didn't it? I think so. Yeah. There's that video of Ryan Kessler, like pulling Cam Talbot's (laughs) pads apart so that the guy can score. Like (laughs) that was a crazy series. I do remember, but your point's well taken that there hasn't been a lot of playoff success there. Last Mm -hmm. year, they get swept by the Jets in the first round and just like, how the hell did that happen? And that's the other thing too. It's not even like it's, they don't even make it exciting. Right. Or they haven't, at least in recent years. Like, you know, last year they got swept. The year before, I think they went out probably pre- oh i think they went in on the qualifying round the year right. before that yeah, was lost to the blackhawks in the bubble there yeah. you go yeah. and then they didn't even make the playoffs the two years before that right. yeah. so you know it's not been good there it's not been good for him <laughs> and then he's not even that's making why i it. think there's a chance he ends up in <laughs> toronto where it's also not been good but it's been slightly better than that we're at least getting in that's what it is he he there's there's not that same entertainment value from a playoff edmonton oilers glad my pain entertains you <laughs> Uh, I had yeah. a lot of fun with the last year. So sorry. yeah, I have yeah. no doubt that's true. <laughs> um, do you think, like in your mind, mm. a career high for him, uh, and it, it's going to be good enough? The Oilers are going to finish second in that division. Drysidle's put up well over fifty goals again. Is he, in your mind, an MVP candidate this year? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I I think it's between him and Matthews. Okay. I don't see anyone else who it could be. Yeah. Where do you stand? Should goalies be allowed to win it? Ooh. Because Shostyurkin has been really good. The question about him him. (laughs) would be he hasn't played as many games, not just as other players that are going to be up for it. You know, typically forwards play more games than goalies. (laughs) But also... um, you know, even compared to other goalies, his number of starts is down a fair bit. Like when Carey Price won it, he had started 70 games, right? When Donovan McCasick was winning these back in the 90s, um, there was no question he was the most valuable player in the league. Uh, on principle, you have a problem with goalies winning it? or I don't. I yeah. don't. And to be fair, I don't watch enough New York games to, to know sure. how much of a difference he actually is making. Right. Like you said, Carey Price winning it. You know, I, I watch a lot of Habs games. Thanks, yeah. Dad. I know you're. Wa- I know you're listening. Um, but I like. No offense to the Habs, but Carey Price. A lot. There have been many seasons where he has carried that entire yes, team. That's right. And it makes complete sense that he wins it. If if that's what's happening in New York, then sure. Yeah, he's just not going to have the number of starts. Like yeah, to me, that's the that that maybe is the cutoff difference for him. But mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something about it, and and it's it might be unfair. It might be my own. The fact that I'm bored with it too, that McDavid, it's like he'd be on my top five ballot, mm-hmm. but I don't know that he's right there, right? And maybe it's just my leaf bias, right? I was going to say. Yeah. Like there is an <laughs> element to that. One. Yeah. Of course. Like that is a part of the conversation <laughs> here. Um, but again, uh, as a guy who just scored 60 goals for the first time in a decade, mm-hmm. anybody's done that. I don't know. To me, that's hard to, 
I'm more inclined to look at a guy like Roman Yossi, who's coming damn close if he hasn't already hit it to 100 points as a defenseman and going, that Nashville team is not anywhere close to as good as they are without him. And so mm-hmm. by definition of most valuable, you know, maybe he's slightly ahead. I, I don't know. I'm just, there's something about this year's McDavid that you look up and you go, oh shit, the numbers are right there. Like they always are, but you just they don't feel as impressive as they have in other years. I, I don't yeah. really know what that's about. You know it what it is too, with, with MVP, like he's most valid. Like I think it does say something about the rest of the team. Like how much has he carried the rest of the yeah. team? And, and I guess not a whole lot if Dreisaitl is, is also doing his also thing. Do, exactly. Yeah. If they can win some sort of a joint, like a, they should have like a, um, I don't know, stepbrothers kind of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> John C. Riley and, yeah. and Will Ferrell, uh, yeah, award. Um, they can win it together. Uh, this is going to pain me to say it. I'm going to say it and just say know it. that it hurts say me. Say it. You're going to love it. Say it. I think Austin Matthews should win it. I do too. I'm so sorry, oh, no. Dad. It's great. Oh. We'll isolate that and send that. We're going to make it dad's <laughs> ringtone. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. He's going to disown me. Yeah. Look, it, it is what it is. Like, I don't think it's like a slam dunk. No one else should even be considered kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I think when you put up 60 goals for the first time in a decade, um, and the fact that he did it in, you know, he's he's been out a few games with injuries and yeah. stuff like that. It's yeah, 60 and 72. 10 games, right? Yeah. Yeah. To me, that's going to be hard to overlook but uh, to me the interesting debate on Matthews and it's not even the debate it'll be more but what's interesting to watch in his candidacy is I think two things happen I think there is absolutely a part of the media that will back him because it's the Leafs and Mm -hmm. the Leafs have a bunch of you know Toronto's center of the hockey universe a bunch of extra attention I think that will help him in some ways and I think there are absolutely other members of the media that go no not giving it to a Leaf, not doing it, like not giving it to a Toronto guy. His, mm-hmm. Everything he does is overblown because it's Toronto. And I am curious to see which, like if those sides just counter each other out or if one's more powerful than the other or if it splits the vote in some way. Because I do think both of those elements exist when it comes to the Leafs. Absolutely, for sure. I, as as a media member, uh, although I don't vote for this award, as a media <laughs> member, I do agree with that. There is absolute bias there. Um, yeah, I, I think... At some point, you do have to you do have to recognize that. At every point, you have to recognize your bias, of course. But yeah. at some point, you have to recognize your bias and say, like, I can't let this affect what's so obviously clearly in front of me. Right. And and maybe maybe sixty goals is what does it. What makes enough of these you know PWHA members mm-hmm. say. Okay, I hate everything about the Leafs with every fiber of my being. This is why you don't have a vote. History. (laughs) Oh, I hate generational trauma and all of that. But oh, who's really suffered the trauma? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to the media that's had it so hard. (laughs) The the interesting thing you're saying there that that I is the the rookie of the year debate this year with Michael Bunting being 20 just under 26 years old or like right below the cutoff mm-hmm. right and look i have time for the argument that he's not as good as more insider right the defenseman for detroit who's had a crazy good year they play him in all situations last minute pk pp all that stuff he's been terrific and i don't have an issue if he beats out michael bunting for rookie of the year mm-hmm. 
based on their seasons. Bunting has uh, finished the year with most points by a rookie scorer and uh, and most goals. I think he also still has. I have time for the debate that, yeah, when you play with Marner and Matthews, you're probably going to get a few extra points that maybe you didn't create for yourself. (laughs) I don't have any time, because I'm seeing it already from the far too many hockey media members that I do follow on on Twitter, the debate that, well, you know, he's pretty old for a rookie. No one cares what you think about that. The rule, the line, the cutoff has been set at this number. Yes. No one wants your interpretation of that number. Mm -hmm. You were given this group of players, just vote on it. And I think there are too many, even when we get back to the MVP debate, that talk about, well, is it most valuable or is it most outstanding? It's most valuable. It says it right (laughs) right there there. in the thing. (laughs) And while we should have a most outstanding, the players vote on most outstanding. The Mm -hmm. Ted Lindsay Award is the most outstanding player voted by uh, the NHLPA. Mm-hmm. That award exists. It's not yours to vote on for the media, right? You are tasked with voting on most valuable. And again, that's vague. Like that's hard to pin down, but I'm tired of seeing so many debates on, you know, you yourself framing the, it's easier on the rookie of the year one, right? Yeah. Where, like I said, the, if the, the numbers say he's got to be under 26, then you pick between all the guys who are under 26 or whatever it might be. There's just too many guys who want to frame it in their own I think that's too well. It's not. You, you were given the, the voting criteria. Exactly. There's a criteria there for a reason. They have established it. If you don't like the criteria, take that up with whoever makes sure. the criteria. But this isn't on bunting. Like, sure. he, he has obviously, yes, you said, okay, he plays with Mitch Marner and with Austin Matthews. Obviously, you know, he's going to get some points get that fat way. fat points off that, but yeah. you also have to be good enough to yep. keep up with those two. Yep. I saw them live a couple of weeks ago. Uh, against my will. Um, <laughs> they are here in Ottawa. Uh, and I also had to watch it with a Leafs fan, which was... Ooh, nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, Michaela's husband, Josh, he might get kicked out of uh, the fan the, club. The fan club. Um, Doesn't sound like there's many members of his <laughs> fan club right now. <laughs> my brother is, actually. Me too. It's I'm a, like big a big Josh guy. I mean, right? Yeah, he's big Josh jam, guy. Man. Yep. He is a great guy. Yep. Um, except for when he's being a Leafs fan. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> I don't even remember where I was going with this. You right. saw them live. I saw them live, yeah. and they are quick. Yeah. Like, Marner was on fire that night. I was there specifically to boo Austin Matthews. Uh, <laughs> despite what I said earlier, I, I do like to boo him. Yeah. But M- Mitch Marner was, like, on fire that night. He he led the show. I think he was first star that night. I think he scored twice. I can't even yeah, remember. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, And to keep up with those two, like, you have to be very quick. Yeah, you and you that. have to be on your toes. I think that that's proof enough that, yeah, okay, you you deserve to be in the conversation. In the discussion. Yep, that's all sure. I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't have time for anyone else making their own, well, I think it should be under 23. No, nobody no. cares what you think. You don't make the criteria. <laughs> right. Follow the rules. Follow this little yeah. outline. There's not that many rules. Because most cider may have enough anyway. There you go. Like, you don't need to make up your own rules to get it to him. He's been very good. You can just give it to him under <laughs> these rules, right? Like, that's fine. Don't try and make up a reason why you can't vote. For, right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, one of the other things that's been making news here over the last uh, few weeks and then sort of went eerily quiet is this talk about the PWHPA. Ooh, yes. And, you know, this idea that they're going to be able to form their own league. And this has sort of always been, I guess, the long game. Um, there is another women's hockey league, the professional, no, 
the premier yes. hockey yes. federation. The PHF is the federation. premier hockey yeah. federation. Thank you. <laughs> and um, they have a league and uh, they're continuing to do business. In fact, mm-hmm. most recently I read that looks like they're going to expand into Montreal. Uh, the PWHPA, however, has all your Olympic players, your bigger name players, and they've been doing barnstorming, essentially. They don't have a league of their own. They've been traveling around North America playing these games um, and making sure that uh, you know, people are seeing top-end women's hockey. And it was two or th- maybe two weeks ago now that uh, Haley Salvian had a report in The Athletic that said it looks like they were ready to uh, set up a league. And then Jeff Merrick also reported on Hockey Night in Canada the same thing, that it looked like probably six teams to start. Um what can you tell us about this? I know you've been following it pretty closely and, you know, what is this going to look like? How is this going to come together? And are you surprised that after two big name reporters like that uh, put it out there, it's kind of gone so quiet here for the last couple of weeks again? Yeah, yeah. I was honestly, you know, you had mentioned that last week we were going to talk about it and then the vid, good old COVID made me push it to this week. And I thought maybe, maybe we'll get some some news that we can actually like dig into right. in this extra week that we have, but still nothing. Um, I am, as a women's hockey fan, I'm cautiously optimistic about this. Um, like going back in the history, the PHF, which I call the pff, uh, <laughs> stupid name. I don't like it. Um, really? The, I, I think it's so dumb. It just I looks... Don't. You like I it? I don't like it. I don't hate it though. I'm not openly. <laughs> I think I'm derisive. showing my I'm showing my bias here. Yeah. I much prefer the PWH. I don't I, like I the PWHPA that. name. I think that's also dumb. No, that's uh, some word soup or letters right. alphabet soup that's making me crazy because we were just talking about the people who are going to vote on the awards. That's the PW professional PH. W-A, professional yes. hockey, right? Yeah, it's too much. <laughs> <laughs> it should be a four-letter max. Yes. Um, but the PWHPA, they have been like quite tight-lipped going back in this whole thing. You know, they've had these, these like you said, barnstorming, these great exhibition tours, and, and all of that has been very publicized and, mm-hmm. and great. But when it comes to actually what's going on behind the scenes, they've been a little more tight-lipped. The PHF has been more open about what's going on. So I find the timing of all of this very interesting because uh, a few weeks ago, they announced that, um, I guess the NHL had asked that the two come together right. and they have these talks. And this was right around the time that the PHF said that, you know, they announced that they had just gotten this $25 million, $25 million in funding to, to continue on with the league. Yeah. So their salary cap was going to go up. Exactly. They were going to have, I believe they're bringing benefits. Yep. Um, um, I think shares in the team for right. players. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. So it was big news. Very big news. Yeah. And then at the same time, the PWHPA was... Um, Sort of, it was, it was, there were whispers around because again, they're, they're not very forthcoming with their news. Um, but there were, there were rumors that they had also secured this multi million dollar funding opportunity. And, and so it seemed very promising the two of them coming together and maybe agreeing on something, maybe with the NHL involved. Mm-hmm. The NHL has openly stated repeatedly, we're not picking a side here until you two sort it out. We're not getting involved. Good old Gary Batman yes. was not, <laughs> not interested. Um, and then <laughs> how it killed me. Oh my God. For uh, people who haven't seen it, we'll, we'll throw the audio in here. But when the, the Tampa Bay lightning earlier this week visited the white house and, uh, good old Joe Biden, God love him. God Joe bless Biden. him. He's doing his best. Uh, he, he introduces the, uh, NHL commissioner, Gary Batman. I want to thank Commissioner Gary Batman and for being here as well. And uh, 
so good. Yes. I mean, what a sick last name that would be. Um, <laughs> Truly. <laughs> so yeah, so so these Haley Salvian, as you said, she was the one that announced that these talks had had failed, and they said that they were not going to continue these discussions. Um, so yeah, that was all very interesting timing. That you know. All this money was coming in, but nobody was willing to. They still to, couldn't get on the still, same page. Exactly. Yeah. They they have very different beliefs. Whatever those beliefs are, they have very different visions for, for what is in the future for both of these. So being a PWHPA fan myself, right. uh, I, I am excited to hear all of this news that you just that you just talked about. Like you said, six teams across North America, so Canada and the U.S., um, no word again, like on where these teams are. There's going to be 23 players per team, but we don't know where they're going to be. Right. Um, it sounds like, and you'll correct me if I have these numbers wrong, uh, an average salary of $55,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Minimum. With a minimum of 35. Exactly. So you can, like, this is the big thing for people. Like, these players have never been asking to make fat Mitch Marner cash, no. they're asking to make a living wage. So they can focus on mm-hmm. their playing careers. And so, you know, a $55,000 salary compared to what women have been making in the, the former Canadian Women's Hockey League and, mm-hmm. and things like that. It, it's a substantial raise. Do you have any, like, would you want to speculate at all based on what we've seen or some of the partnerships on where these teams might land? <sighs> I think, I mean, Toronto is a given. I think we'll see. Now, Toronto also... Has a PHF franchise. Absolutely. So again, um, you're splitting. It, it, it you're, would be You're splitting making it so sure. hard on each other. Like <laughs> It would be, you know, right on top of each other for yeah. sure. But they have done, um, you know, the, the PWHPA's Dream Gap Tour yeah. has stopped in Toronto and has seen quite a bit of success there. And MLSE has said repeatedly they want to, but again, kind of being held back by the NHL on exactly. don't pick a side. Yeah. So yeah. I think if that were to go away, because uh, both Masai Ujiri and Kyle Dubas have been saying for quite a while they want a WNBA team mm-hmm. in Toronto. Oh my God, I would love that. And so you have to assume the same would be desired for a women's hockey team mm-hmm. and Toronto absolutely could support that. It's just a question of, you know, are they allowed? Allowed is such a weird term, but like exactly. until the NHL gets on side with one side or the other, can you yourself buy a team? And you probably could. I mean, honestly, you're the Leafs. You're running this league in terms yeah. of keeping the lights on for everybody down in Carolina or whatever, um, or in Arizona. Ottawa. Yeah, yeah. sorry, but uh, you know, you could probably just say, "I don't care." We're getting involved in one of these, but and that's I, kind of what happened this year. You know, Bat Batman. Batman <laughs> I can't stop now. Yeah. I'm Joe Byron. Um, <laughs> Batman, you know, has been has been sort of like you said, like not allowing teams for a while to get involved in this fight. And this season, we kind of saw we saw the Pittsburgh Penguins uh, and Washington. I think, I think maybe Calgary. The Flyers, Calgary. Yeah. Like they all were kind of like, you know what? Come on in, play. Fuck Let's that. do this. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can swear, right? Yes. Sure. You yes. Can. We, yes. Yeah. Okay. I can't do that on She's Got Game. No. Um, That's a bad yeah. Idea. Let's <laughs> just just come and play. We want to host Olympic level like hockey. And and so they did it. They had the Dream Gap Tour stop in all of those places, and and they played in their barns, and they had a good time. And and I don't understand what the problem is with you know with sharing some resources there. Do you are you worried at all about the fact that because one of the things we hear all the time is 
the the fantastic ratings that the women's hockey does at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And that's legit. It's true. We see it every single time. Um, and then they go away and we don't talk about it again mm-hmm. for four years. And so it made really good sense to me that we were hearing all of this on the immediate heels of an Olympic tournament. Everybody's hot. Everybody just watched it. Everybody's talking about it. And let's do the game in Pittsburgh that you referenced there. Mm-hmm. Let's get these sides in a room, see if they can get something going. Is there a fear that we're not acting fast enough? Like that, that post Olympic buzz, it's kind of fading, right? It's kind of dying off. Or is there enough momentum right now that this is going to get done regardless? And, and that's not really as big of a factor as it might seem. I think once, once the announcement is officially made, the hype will be there. Right. It might, you're right. Uh, you know, it does, the momentum is lost over time. And so it's not going to be maybe as exciting as it would have been if they announced it a week after Beijing ended. Right. But it's still going to be huge news, especially depending on what it looks like, depending on who's involved in it. The biggest names in women's hockey are going to be playing in this league. Right. So it still will have that hype. So I'm not too afraid, honestly. I think people are still going to be excited about it. It just it just has to be announced. Yeah, the, the biggest thing for me, and I, I've sort of been speculating and just doing a little research on, like you said, who's hosted some of these events mm-hmm. and, and where these teams might land. Like you said, Toronto seems like a no-brainer. Boston seems like a no-brainer, but again, already has a PHF. Have, exactly. <laughs> like there's a lot of these markets where you go, I think this would be a good idea. And you go, I I just hate to see them splitting. Like, I get it. If you don't see this the same way, Mm -hmm. don't fold, I guess. But it just seems like at every turn, you're going to be fighting over the same ticket dollar, the same TV opportunities, the Mm -hmm. same, like, instead of getting on the same page and growing this thing, you're almost fighting over it. And I, I... I guess if you're married to your vision, what else are you going to do? But at some point you would think Mm -hmm. this would go better if they could get on the same page. There have been times over the past, I don't know how many years now that we've been, you know, going through this like two league kind of thing. Not that the PWHPA is a league, but these two organizations. Um, There have been times where I have thought that way. I have been like, you know what? Like, let's just, come on. Everybody, let's just get along. Figure it out. It's, right. <laughs> it's a Libra in me. I just want everybody <laughs> to be friends. Uh, equal balance and all that. Sure. <laughs> but I, seeing something like this, seeing this announcement from Jeff Merrick shows me that there are, this is the reason why I'm not the commissioner of the PWHPA, because I would have folded a long time ago. And there is this vision that they need to stick to, that someone needs to stick to, and thank God it's Jana Hefford, um, because it's it's going to come to fruition and it is going to be what it should be. It is going to meet that vision. You know, it's going to be tough in the beginning, obviously. It's going to have the the hype and whatever, but it's not going to have these huge Olympic-sized numbers, but... You know, nothing does. It, nothing does. Canada, exactly. USA, and Vancouver 2010, the the golden goal did not mean that suddenly two thirds of Canada watched the next Saturday's hockey night in Canada. Exactly. Like it doesn't work that way. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, it is, it is frustrating that it's still these two separate entities fighting over the same fan base, mm-hmm. but I hope it's more of a situation where, you know, these fans don't have to take a side where they can be fans of both things. Right. I think that's very idealist of me to say and maybe not realistic at all, but 
I hope that's what it is. I just, I so badly want the success of this PWHPA upcoming league, whatever it's going to be called. I've been reassured that it will have a different name. They yes. are going to do a rebrand. We will not have five letters anymore. <laughs> so Thank that's God. nice. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, it's interesting, right? And I, I do think once this becomes something like, and I, I, I don't want to rip on anybody, but like when these things come to town and they do the, the barnstorming, it's like team Harvey's versus team sonnet, sonnet insurance. insurance or yeah. whatever. And you're like, this is fine or whatever, but you're not able to get that emotional. This is Ottawa versus Toronto exactly. or whatever, right? Like, give me something to latch on to here. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's sort of the, the major disappointment of the way this has played out is mm-hmm. the one that has the league doesn't have the big names mm-hmm. and the big names, you know, your Hillary Knights, your Marie Philippe Poulins, your, all those sorts of play- They're the ones coming in wearing the, the Burger King jersey or whatever exactly. to, to play for a weekend. <laughs> and you're just like, I don't know how to get involved in this. I, I do kind of wonder if once the PWHPA league with all those big names gets up and going, mm-hmm. I think that's going to be trouble for the, for the, <laughs> I, I hope that cat. I would. I hope so too. I've been trying. I <laughs> yeah. say it like once a week on she's like I'm like the the old, but nobody, yeah, no. nobody. Um, I was kind of on this on what you were just saying. I was talking to Shrides on she's got game a couple of weeks ago about Screeds. this screeds screeds. <laughs> so sorry uh, about um, what's going on in Spain right now in Barcelona. They hit this like record number. This is sorry. I'm talking football. Not football. Soccer. Uh, soccer. Thank you. Sorry. My Mediterranean's coming out. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, they, they had this record number for the champions of the Women's Champions League quarterfinal between Barcelona and Real Madrid. No, over 90,000 people came out to watch a women's soccer game on a mm. Wednesday. Could you imagine getting 90,000? You can't get 20,000. You can't get... 8,000. 8,000 people on <laughs> a Wednesday. Soccer. Seriously. Yeah, no. to, to watch the sins. Like, you. Yeah, on no, a Wednesday, okay, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yep. 90,000 people on a Wednesday night to go out and watch these two teams. And I think a large part of it, n- n- this is not to take away from the women's game, but it was Barcelona against Real Madrid. Right. It was the name. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yes. And that's what I think. I don't know if, if women's hockey can exactly match that here because. The level of fandom in Europe over football sure, is it's insane. Yeah. It's ridiculous. If you've ever watched um, what's that show with Danny Dyer, International Football Factories? No. Oh, it's wild. He goes to like different, um, he's like this English guy. I think he's an actor. Um, <laughs> he goes to like different countries and just like sees, you know, how football affects their culture. Right. But I remember this one episode, he went to Poland and they have this city in Poland that's split based on what team you are a part what team you're a fan of and like the apartment buildings are on opposite sides of the city because they can't even live near each other it's wild anyway all that to say um i don't think we can do i I don't think we can match that same thing here in canada or north america because we don't have a sport that you know everyone gets as crazy over ladies nfl would be maybe the closest (laughs) (laughs) but that's about it yeah exactly so uh, but i think we can aim for something i wish someone would aim for something very similar and and if we can match you know match the leafs with a women's team and the canadians who already kind of had a women's team in the cwh well let me let me play the part of the asshole here because it's a part i'm very good at okay let's (laughs) Um, let's hear it (laughs) 
one of the things I've read is that this, once the NHL does get involved, should be as simple as telling every NHL team, you now are also going to run a women's team with your team's name on it. Mm -hmm. The Hurricanes, the Panthers, the whatever. And I mentioned those two teams because they can barely afford to pay the players they have. And so in principle, I understand the idea. You could instantly lay down a, a footprint and... And the NHL would help fund it and these teams would help fund it. But the Arizona Coyotes don't pay their own players as it is right now. Or their lighting bill. Right. They're getting, (laughs) their vendors don't get paid. This is a disaster. And so saying to them, you, by the way, you also now have 25 more players to, I don't think that's realistic. And Mm -hmm. on the, the idea of equal rights, all these sorts of things. I don't know. I I didn't buy that. I didn't sign up to own two teams. I signed up to own this team, and I'm doing terrible with it. But <laughs> but I do think there is no idea or no reason, you know, why basically all seven Canadian teams, the Rangers, the Bruins, the Flyers, um, whatever, the Blackhawks, couldn't easily mm-hmm. get this done. Do you believe if the NHL gets involved that this should be? I'm gonna choose my words poorly here, but thrust <laughs> upon everybody? Or is this still like, would you leave it to uh, each individual team to decide if they want to get involved in it? And, you know, would you want them named the same or would it be the Toronto something else's? Like, how would you set that up if the NHL was involved? Mm-hmm. I don't think it's fair to thrust that upon every team. Financially, it doesn't make sense. You know, the NHL is not the most lucrative. It is of- not. <laughs> Of leagues. So, no, I don't think that's the right approach at all. I think there are a lot of um, of owners, maybe not a lot of owners, but several owners yes. um, who would see merit in, in mm-hmm. having a women's team morally, ethically, somehow financially. There is a WNBA team. I can't even remember which one, but one of the owners said basically – they don't put any money into it. It's just like a tax break or something, mm-hmm. which is awful. Yeah. Absolutely awful that they put no money into into promoting yeah. this team that they own. But unfortunately, if the NHL gets involved in that way, they would do something very, you know, the, the opportunity for something like that could, right. could exist as well. tax off or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. So I don't think it should be thrust upon them. As for like the naming conventions, that's... I, I like the way it's done, like I said, in Europe. Barcelona is yeah. Barcelona, whether you're whether you're the men's team or the women's team or the basketball team or the whatever, like everyone is just Barcelona FC. Right. Um, I, I don't want to cheer for the Lady Leafs. Oh, I want to cheer for nothing, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Nothing That's, makes me more upset. It's terrible. Than when they put a lady lady like yeah. the what was it? In I when I went to Carlton, there was uh, the Lady Rams, I think. Sure. Was Ryerson, or not Ryerson anymore, Toronto, now they're Toronto Met- Metropolitan yeah, University. Ryerson. Uh, the Rams. Hunted. The Ryerson Rams. Yeah. Um, and, um, oh, McGill had something too. Something, it was like and, a completely different name. And it just always sounds terrible. It's so demeaning. And, yeah. And, yeah so uh, like, I'm oh, with I you though. It. Like the Toronto Maple Leafs is a club. Yeah. And they have a men's team and a women's team. Exactly. And there it is. Yep. I like, don't I'm fine see the with problem that. with that. Right. Yeah. I know, like, based on French being a gendered language, maybe we'd have to have the Canadian and the Canadian. Sure. Which we already had in the CWHL. Yeah. Um, but that's fine. We'll take it. As we sit here right now, then, are you expecting this to start this? I think actually Merrick now maybe actually said it would start next January. Mm-hmm. He did. He said it would run January to April. Right. So 
That renders my question relevant. I was going to say, do you expect this to start in the fall? No one expects it to start in the fall. Uh, If it's going to go, it'll start in January. But you're, with with those two caliber reporters putting this out there, the fact that it's gone quiet isn't concerning to you. This this is going to happen. Everything with regards to women's hockey is concerning to me. I am never, (laughs) I'm never like calm or like, not anxious about what's going on in women's hockey. Um, So there's that. But I do trust Jeff Merrick. I do trust Hilly Selby. And I think there's a reason why they were told this information. Right. And they were able to put it out to the masses. And so I trust them and I will hold them to this. I don't know either one of them. But... (laughs) But I will tweet. But I will find them (laughs) and let them have a piece of my mind. If they're wrong, I'll be upset. Uh, I think we all will. I think it's time. It right? is. It's it's time. Mm-hmm. And uh, overdue. The uh, for sure. And the Olympic thing has pushed it back to the forefront. And I think you know these are a couple of months that even if we're not hearing enough news right now to keep us all optimistic, they have clearly behind the scenes used the momentum of those Olympics to get mm-hmm. the sponsorship lined up, to get the funding in place. Uh, and to get this set up, because I'm with you. I think if you have two people like that reporting that this is happening, it's it's happening. It's happening. Yeah. Uh, so. Anything else we wanted to get to on this one? Uh, I don't have any more Michael Bolton news. Um, There's not a lot of fast-breaking <laughs> Michael Bolton news these days. I think he's playing at the Casino Rama. Always. In, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know your standing. career's in a good place when you have moved to the Casino Rama. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. My parents I, see a lot of acts at Casino Rama these days. Yeah. Comedians like, and musicians and whatever. Yeah. I feel like I'd get along with them. Yeah. No doubt. Well, I, I recently got a record player. In I, my know, I got time first, for that. Yeah. My first purchase. My oh, uncle My uncle gave it to gonna me. You're going to lose me. Oh, I'm about to lose you. You ready for this? My yeah. uncle gave it to me. It was his hand-me-down. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gave me two records to get me started, to get my collection started. He gave me Corey Hart and Wham. Wham. Uh, already in love. Very happy with that. So I went to to the record store. I don't remember what it's called. I was going to give it a plug, but I don't remember what it's called. (laughs) (laughs) And I found for $3.60, Anne Murray's Greatest Hits. Yeah. Snowbird. Snowbird. (laughs) Daydreamer's on there. Oh, it's so good. Danny's song. Anyway, that's all the news I have for today. (laughs) I'm glad you shared. Thanks. Uh, there's a video that I actually go and watch every now and then from, uh, 98 or 99 when they closed Maple Leaf Gardens and Murray came out and sang the Maple Leaf Forever. Did she? Yeah, it's a neat little video. I'm going to go and watch yeah, that. Yeah, it, it fit nicely with what they were doing and, uh, yeah. Oh, she's a gem. She is just a Canadian beaut, right? Yeah. That's, that's I yep. like that. Yeah. Uh, so, well, enjoy your... Ann Murray records. Thanks so uh, much. Three dollars or I'm still trying to find Michael Walton one. I I do remember in our house (gasps) when I was young. Uh Uh-huh. There was a CD and the album cover was like his face, but it was like half black and half white. Like it actually sounds more like a Michael Jackson. (gasps) That was his greatest hits. Okay. Yeah. So they were all already behind him in 1995, (laughs) (laughs) putting out his greatest hits album. (laughs) Yeah, that was, uh, my mom had these two 
tall like cd towers on I either side of, yeah, yeah of course my dad had those yeah, yeah and there was a michael bolton album in there for sure that for had sure. the black and the white face on it mm-hmm. and, and so i do remember some of those tunes for sure great tunes yeah yeah soul provider oh man some good stuff i'm gonna i'm gonna listen to it my whole drive home I'm not even embarrassed. I shouldn't pretend like I am. No, no. Well, clearly you're loving this. <laughs> uh, that's that's great. Uh, I, can I just let everyone know? I do also listen to like top forty stuff. That's actually worse than Michael Bolton <laughs> in this face. <laughs> um, what can you tell the people what's coming up on She's Got Game this week? Yes, we're going to be talking about NWSL for sure. Mm-hmm. There were some major shakeups. It seems like every coach in the NWSL has been fired or suspended for some reason or another over the past year. Uh, So we are going to get into that this week. And that will air uh, on TSN 1200 on Friday night at 6 o'clock. You can also find it on the podcast network uh, on tsn.ca. Perfect. Yeah, that's across the uh, the TSN radio network all across uh, Canada. So Mm -hmm. um, we'll make sure the links go in the show notes there. This was fun. I'm glad you came in. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thanks for letting me drink an amaretto sour and not a beer. I don't judge. I just want people to come in, have a (laughs) beverage and chat. So uh, whatever makes people comfortable. (laughs) Uh, She is Vanessa Sanchez. You can follow her on Twitter at Vansan3000. We are not drinking in LA, but drinking at TCA. That works. That works. That'll that'll work. That was well done. We'll wind this one down here. Uh, My name is Matt Robinson. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Talkin Audio. Make sure you're subscribed on your favorite podcast app. Wherever you're hearing us right now, there's a follow, there's a subscribe, there's something there. Just just hit it. You're going to love it. It's going to be great. Uh, I should also mention... (laughs) Taparoo. Just tap it in. Tap it in. (laughs) should also mention once more, Michael Barclay was on the show, episode 951. His book... Uh, is now out. It is called Hearts on Fire, Six Years That Changed Canadian Music, 2000 to 2005. We will put links to that if you want to pick it up in the show notes as well, which will be available at tallcanaudio.com or uh, right there in your podcast app for episode 961. For Vanessa, my name's Matt. I'll catch you all next time. But we did nothing.